So in your view, what is it or what are the few things, criteria that we can put in place to differentiate between the work is compliant or say fit for privacy or work is not compliant? What differentiates? What are the key factors from a user perspective? So patient visiting a healthcare uh, or uh, say hospital, what would he consider as criteria being compliant or not? Of course, we know all the regulator stuff, the GDPR stuff, but from a patient visiting a healthcare or you as an uh, operational uh, efficiency person visiting, how do you define differentiate privacy compliance from non-compliance? Sure. Yeah, and, and I know specific to my experience within healthcare, there's a stratum of complexity that's associated where, where you know, the Hippocratic Oath compels us to first do no harm and then to do good for that patient that's being served. And, and there's, a, there's an element of foundational trust there. Uh, of course, we're becoming more educated consumers with the access of information, including adverse events, sentinel events where you know, the patients have been actually injured or killed. Um, and all of the ways that's associated within the healthcare industry, but all of those protections begin as a patient enters the system, either a, a healthcare system or a physician practice, a post-acute facility, whatever it may be, in at the time of registration, where there's there is education surrounding the consent model. And, and that follows all the way through the entire experience for that patient when it pertains to the request for their information, the, the readiness of that information through a patient portal or other means, and being able to know that that data is protected and that there's that there's data integrity, that it's accurate information, because we know such a great vulnerability within the healthcare landscape is being care being informed by incorrect data, which very much happens. Um, you know, all of these systems are so complex. These major electronic health record systems they are prone to our humanity and they're also prone to the vulnerability of so many changes that sometimes make them unstable or a deviance from standardization where they're so customized that it becomes difficult to support and maintain it begins with change management making sure that that system is built on integrity and that there's reliance from all of the various contributing participating entities co that comprise that data so making sure that there's standardization and in, in the way that the health information is exchanged mm -hmm. an agreement and then and also making sure that there is a strong component of privacy, 
compliance, legal, all of these areas that feed towards the data integrity, the health information management, information security from a role-based role access of, of that information, cyber defense for such attacks as I mentioned, and then also the, the investigation of how that information's where it's going to be shared and how. So having the governance, risk, and compliance to actually go and perform offsite investigations of security operation centers and, and making sure that there's, there's a clear understanding and that you have the agreements in place that really honor the promises that have been made with that inference of trust for the patient to show up at that organization and know that not only will they be kept safe, but their protected health information will be kept safe as well. That's very true. And since these are so many things to do, is there an opportunity that you see for standardization of data privacy or data compliance or privacy compliance practices, maybe across industries or even across nations. Do you see something like that in the need for it? I know having it politically is a challenge, but do you see that need? Do you acknowledge that need, feel that need? Yes, I, I think this is a beautiful conversation and the point that you bring up is so important to to learn from a cross industry understanding of best practices. So making sure that there's, there's collaboration, as we've spoken of specific to the healthcare sector, what we've done in the United States is, you know, in addition to conferences and accreditations and collaboratives, to, to really make sure that there are statewide, regional, statewide, and federal level collaboratives where there's an exchange of ideas and best practices and learning from, I know specifically here in the, in the EU, as I mentioned, participating within the Center for European Policy Studies, this, the standardization that is so incredibly important and the opportunities I feel are more rich here in the EU than the United States because there's, there is not a um, homogeneity across states of those driving regulatory requirements specific to privacy in the US. There, there's reliance at the state level, but then of course there's federal requirements as well. So here in the EU, I feel it's important to look at other areas, other countries, including the United States, to learn from what's happened successfully, but even more importantly, the lessons learned from the failures that have presented themselves so clearly through this pandemic to say, okay, where foundationally have we gone wrong and how can we improve on those vulnerabilities by learning to work smarter. The standardization is 
it, it's really a systems thinking approach. So making sure that we're not getting lost in a process that hasn't considered the scenario planning of the larger impacts that, that could potentially impact the systems. And then also making sure that organizations are brave and bold enough to shift towards a learning organization model where there's this continual process improvement, being brave and vulnerable enough to say, how can we be open and flexible to change? And the work here, I know in the in the EU is is very progressive. It's inspiring to see more standardization, I think, than what I've personally witnessed in the United States. However, there is many gleaming examples in the United States that are shifting towards standardized data sets, trusted framework, um, and again, those standardized participation agreements, both for the exchange of data in a, in a centralized way and a decentralized way, and how the, the data is, is maintained exchanged and then responded to if there's any breaches or a an emergency situation where as we would say in the United States the glass has to be broken and that information needs to be accessed because of a significant inclement weather event like a, in the United States a hurricane or a tornado or a flood where you want to care for those patients so the balance that is transparent enough to say, actually, your information is going to be is going to be exchanged because there's regulatory requirements with such things as communicable diseases and syndromic surveillance like Ebola. So it's it, to your point of trust, it's incredibly important that the consent model, the education is there and for data stewardship where consumers are the owners of their data and they can have more reliance that that trust is being honored by having the protections in place in numerous ways uh, that keeps them safe and protected. Thanks for listening and now we ask you for some help. Take a moment to subscribe and review this podcast. Your support matters. And if you have done it already, thank you so much. Now, if you have questions or suggestions, drop an email at hello at fitforprivacy.com. And finally, if you know someone who will benefit from this, share this podcast with them and help us grow. Thank you so much. Stay safe and see you next time.